This episode of The Run-Through is brought to you by eBay. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal and shop authentic handbags, watches, sneakers, streetwear and jewellery from eBay. Backed by Authenticity Guarantee. Visit ebay.com for terms. This is The Run-Through. I'm Chloe Mal. And I'm Cho Minardi. And on today's episode, we're talking to fashion icon... Chloe Seventy. I don't even know if fashion icon really sums it up. She's just like everything, right? Every icon. Her, Every icon. We were saying this morning <laughs> that her life and looks video that she did for Vogue.com is like the gold standard of life and looks. It's so good. Isn't it? Oh, my God. And she just did a really great video for Vogue France, too, about like which trend she's embracing. I highly recommend it. I she's so fabulous. It. Yes, she is. And she was on with costume designer Lou Eirich, who is the costume designer of the fabulous show The Feud, which we've all been watching. In fact, I think maybe you've binge watched the whole thing already. Of course I have. I've watched the whole thing. And just for the full title, because there have been several oh, yes, Feud several installments. Feuds. My bad. This, this is I'm Feud, new to the feud Capote vs. The Swans. <laughs> and uh, I have to say, we have been talking about this show for many weeks uh, in the Vogue offices. Uh, some of us had screeners that we watched rapidly. Um, and now, finally, it is upon us. Happy Feud Week to those who celebrate. Uh, <laughs> we don't have it in the UK yet. I'm so mad. But I've been obviously been treated to some screeners. So yes. I'm still working my way through them. But I, I, I was literally hooked from the first. Ooh, that opening scene, I won't give it away, but... It's really fun. Gus Van Sant directed it. It's Tom Hollander plays Capote and he's so fabulous. All the ladies who play the swans are great. It's it's beautifully done. And I am not just saying this because we had her on the podcast, but I really do think that Lou Eirich being so scrupulous with the costumes Mm. being realistic and she has paid such painstaking detail to realism and recreating these looks. I mean, I was fascinated by hearing how she searched high and low for real Mambouche suits for CZ Guest. And uh, I'm excited for everyone to hear about our conversation with her and the other Chloe. Uh, Now, Choma, we chatted last week about the couture week and the couture shows, but that was before the... The tectonic shift of the earth <laughs> that was the Margella couture show um, that you yes. missed in person. I feel like, yes, I feel like, oh, my God. It's feel, it feels like before that show and after that show, not everything is going to be viewed through. <laughs> <laughs> before Margella and after Margella. After Margella. It was just, I mean, I don't know about you, but it, I felt like I was there because it completely took over my feed from the the kind of, transformative makeup that kind of like well describe it for for our listeners who maybe aren't as their algorithm isn't as specific as yours (laughs) right so basically starting with the makeup because there are lots of elements of the show starting off the makeup if you think of the who's the designer what is the show give us go start it i'll rewind okay 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 from zero (laughs) so jean galliano is a creative director of margella obviously famously was a creative director of dior for many many years and he's always been known for these like hugely dramatic um theatrical shows which bring you you know, I've used this word a couple of times, I think, in the last in the last few weeks, but he, world builder. Like, he's the, the, yes. the world builder of world builders. And his shows have always been epic. And, and I think he, he, his, for many editors, last 
season, his ready-to-wear show for Margiela was a favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, and and this was kind of this took. I don't know if I don't know if I'm going to be able to describe the clothes in like in accuracy because it was difficult to tell when you were watching like what was actually real and what wasn't, what was prosthetic. But many of the models had these like amazing hourglass outfits that were created with corsetry and also some additions on the hip. It was a great celebration of the body. We had um, a wonderful freelance writer, uh, Jocelyn Silver, wrote a piece about how this felt like one of the more authentic celebrations of Mm. various body types. And it was so sumptuous. And Gwendolyn Christie, the Game of Thrones uh, actress, who's a great fashion file, she walked in the show. And Pat McGrath did this spectacular makeup that everyone is still talking about. Yeah, and I mean the make. I mean, think about the glazed donut trend and take it on acid because it was yeah. basically this very glossy, almost kind of doll-like skin that was. I think they used face peels to achieve it, but it was like well, we're was finding incredible. out today. Jess Diner, global beauty director, has an exclusive interview with Pat that is revealing the product that created the look. And I heard uh, many of the models were there a week. And it, I mean, the preparation for it was was insane. I know that, um, you know, obviously Galliano spent months and months on the details, but the models, many of the models were there for a week to sort of practice wow. and, and have their prosthetics fitted and Yeah, so I think it was quite the undertaking, quite a feat. Break it down for our listeners. Why, for people who maybe are not as deeply versed in the... Yeah, why why this moment felt felt really agenda-setting. Because I think, you know, in the past year, we've seen a lot of how fashion has become so practical, right? And so many of the collections that we've seen, you know, there's this real gear shift at at Gucci with... um, Sabato Tisano and him kind of wiping the slate clean and being about the craft and about the clothes and less about the the sort of big vision and the world building, right? And just getting to the actual, to the clothes, right? And I think we've seen that across the board. We've come through this era of, of quiet luxury and it feels like fashion is just like, fashion capital F has kind of taken a backseat. And then we were sort of reminded about what it what it feels like to have this emotional experience at a show right. where you feel moved. And I think that's what I was responding to. And I and for everyone who I know who was at the show, that was that feeling, that goosebumps feeling that you that you go and you get to a show which actually feels like yeah, like it's like theater, it's like drama. And these the models were characters. They weren't kind of like anonymous, you know, they had they each had their own character and we all want fashion that has personality, right? Because we all want it to enhance our own personalities and to be an extension of who we are or the character we want to be that day in that moment. And I think that's what made it so, you know, so inspiring to so many people because I think a lot of people have felt like, yeah, practical fashion is good, but like make me dream again, like a little bit. Does that sum it up? Yeah, absolutely. Wait, I I feel so removed. What? It's Super Bowl. It's Super Bowl suit. Right? No, no, no. Don't what don't worry, Joma. It's not right now. <laughs> is it oh, Feb second? Stand down. It is absolutely not February second. Mark Jacobs' oh, show is, is February second. Oh god. Let, okay, let's start in chronological order. Let me walk Choma through the cultural <laughs> calendar for the next two weeks. Oh my god! I'm On so Friday, out of February second, tomorrow, yeah. we have the Mark Jacobs show at the Armory. 
Um, he likes to, you know, shake things up. He likes excited. to go off I'm, calendar. I'll be watching from afar. Yes. So Mark is showing tomorrow. It is his 40th anniversary, which is crazy to think about. Um, and as always, talk about agenda setting. I do feel like the mm. Mark show is always a real barometer for the way things are going to go um, and yeah. what we're excited about and paying attention to. Then this weekend, this Sunday, is the Grammys, which seems oh my to God, be like... the Grammys! Yes! I forgot that the Grammys is happening. It's like a night of a thousand women. It's so fun. All Good, the people nominated are women. Joni Mitchell is performing. We're Ugh. doing a... The, actually, British Vogue is doing a great slideshow of uh, all our favorite images of Joni Mitchell. And, Go team! Yes. And then next weekend, in the peak in the middle of Fashion Week, is the Super Bowl oh, at the oh, same okay, time okay. as Ludovic de Saint-Cernel, which Nicole Phelps is very upset about. But I feel like the Venn diagram of people who care about Ludovic de Saint-Cernel and the Super Bowl <laughs> is probably slim. <laughs> wow. Okay, it's going to be a fun-packed couple of weeks. If you had asked me a few months ago, would I start a Monday morning meeting at Vogue with football talk, I would have said, <laughs> you fools. And yet, Monday morning, all we could discuss was, one, the red guest in residence sweater that sold out uh, immediately wow. when Taylor wore it. Two, wow. will Taylor make it to the Super Bowl, which Emma Spector wrote a very funny piece about because she's performing in <laughs> Tokyo the night before. Oh, God. Um, and there's just a lot of Super Bowl chatter to be had and, and much Taylor and Travis anticipation. Wow. I mean, she's had a rough week. I felt so bad about all the the horrible, the AI scandal on, on X. It's interesting to see how those battles will play out and affect, you know, how that technology is used and, and moderated. I hope that she, if anyone can get them to act right, these companies to be regulated. Maybe it's her. Well, that was actually Emma's headline. If anyone can <laughs> control AI or check AI, it's Taylor Swift. <laughs> well, great minds. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, I had a fun a moment last night. Tell us. I went to the, the, the Bob Marley premiere here, which was really fun. Oh, yeah. And With adorable Kingsley Benadire. Oh my God. So He's handsome. So great in it. So handsome. I could just look at his face all day. Like, <laughs> and like, he moves like Marley. He sounds like Marley. I mean, the soundtrack is really fun. If you haven't um, picked it up yet, he is the actor who plays Bob Marley. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Homegrown talent. He's British. Mm. So it was really, really fun. Watch the two main stars are amazing. And guess what? It's called One Love and it comes out on Valentine's Day. So go see it. Oh, that's Big cute. Plug. <laughs> the run through will be back in just a moment. At eBay, you'll always get that feel of real because your fashion purchase will be backed by authenticity guarantee. Whether it's a knit bag, a must-have watch, dreamy jewelry or fire sneakers and fresh streetwear, every step will feel authentic, every flex will feel real. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal with eBay authenticity guarantee. Visit ebay.com for terms. And 
And we're back. Uh, the Vogue office has been extremely uh, activated by <laughs> feud swans, Capote versus the swans. And we have such fabulous archive material on all of the swans and also Capote himself. So the show is about this feud between him and these high society women in the 70s who were his best friends, who he wrote a sort of incendiary uh, piece for Esquire um, that was very thinly veiled almost hit piece about them and revealed a lot of their intimate secrets and their private lives, and they never forgave him. And uh, it was all supposed to be part of a novel called Answered Prayers that he never finished writing. And so Vogue does have the piece that Capote wrote about why he never finished it, so you should read that. And um, the show is just a wonderful celebration also of old-school New York, which is fun to watch. They've been called the original Real Housewives by the show creator, uh, who is Ryan Murphy. Um, And, yeah, I don't want to say too much, but there's a lot of ladies lunching, but it's much juicier than that. The show was created by Ryan Murphy, who, as you'll hear in our interview, was a long, long time Swans fan. And the cast, oh my God, well, where do I begin? Obviously, you have Chloe, who's playing CZ Guest. Then Naomi Watts as, as Babe Paley. Demi Moore is Anne Woodward. <laughs> Anne Woodward is a very fascinating detail there. And actually, Elise Taylor did a great who is Anne Woodward and did she actually kill her husband piece that I recommend I was people that, read. Her character, wow. I was I like, know. wow. Um, Diane Lane was a slim Keith and then you had Calista Flockhart as Lee Radsville Molly Ringwald who I was so so pleased to see was um, Joanne Carson and of course Truman Capoe is played by Tom Hollander everyone's great can't wait Well, thank you guys so much for joining us because uh, let me tell you, the Vogue offices in New York are losing their minds over swans. And we were searching for a CZ Guest's house story from Vogue and we couldn't find it. And finally, um, one of our writers uh, realized her mistake, which is that you have to search by her husband's name, Mrs. Winston Guest. It's not even searchable by CZ. Oh, that is – come on, Vogue. We've got to do better. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, tell us a little bit about – Swan's Swan style and and jumping in like what was your entry point for Swanville? Did you read Answered Prayers? Did you know about all these women? I had known about Answered Prayers. I have actually a first edition. Mm. I was a huge fan of Tr- Truman starting like in high school. I think I saw an image of him very young and languid, kind of leaning on a couch and. I was just instantly drawn in by him and seduced by him. I, you know, we love an enfant terrible. <laughs> and um, just seeing, you know, clips of him on TV and his personality and how larger than life he was and then reading all of his works and this kind of scene that created around him, I was just enthralled by him. And then um, his writing, his personality, his look, these women he collected and I knew a bit about the swans, but not so much about each of them specifically. Oddly, I knew the most about CZ, which is funny that then I was cast as her. Why do you think you knew the most about her? I don't know. I guess maybe just because she loomed largest as like the style icon, at least in like my personal lexicon. 
maybe people had like ref- made reference to her over and over because my mother actually looks quite a lot like her. Oh, funny. M- way more, way uh. more. Th- my mother is like a classic beauty. I'm a little bit more of a wonky beauty, which people are just going to have to deal with. <laughs> um. I disagree. I disagree. <laughs> I'm intrigued that you knew most about CZ. Lou, who do you think, what was the swan style that you were most familiar with? Well, when I met Ryan in 1999, he... He was obsessed with the swan, so oh, wow. I, I knew a little bit about him, but he referenced them all the time. All of all, almost every project we've done, he'd be like, "Oh, like Slim Keith, or like by like Nan or Gloria," but um, and because we often referenced the Slim Aaron photography as well in a lot of our shows, and CZ was the most prominent mm. in the in those photos. So I did, I didn't know a lot about CZ personally but I knew of her look and that she you know we tried to emulate it all the time and she had such a refined elegance but she was also sporty and smart and fun and and so I did gravitate towards her slim I loved in the 40s I loved all her crop jackets and the strong shoulders and she was like a simple beauty and um and kind of like wore a lot of menswear so I was also drawn to that but those are the two that were standouts for me. And this isn't the first time, Lou, that you're working, you and Chloe are working together. I know that you collaborated before on American Horror Story. What is it like working together? What's your What's your process? I'll just say the first time American Horror Story season to Asylum, um, you know, to me, sorry, Chloe, but you were an icon to me. So it was a little bit mixed, like, uh, excited and scared um because she has such a knowledge of fashion but luckily this was very not fashion season so that was good but for me it was just that the the approach that chloe has is like let's find the character and you know it might be on it might be in the pages but yeah but let's let's see what works for my body for this character and and uh i love that approach and and chloe tell me tell me i mean the costumes must be the fun part for you often, but tell me what it's like to work with Lou, what you really liked working about with Lou. I just, I love all of Lou's work, you know, through the years that she's done with Ryan. I'm just like every season she outdoes herself and it was her specificity, especially this season with the swans, you know, was was incredible. Like if we're doing a scene from 1977, she would find like, uh, you know, from a Givenchy 77 collection specific suit dress or something. So like that was like, I was really in awe. And, you know, I wanted to ask Lou about on this podcast. I know it's not mine, but I was curious. She said she was finding <laughs> it, for it more and more difficult to find vintage, Ooh. which I was surprised by mm. considering there's such a huge vintage market. I mean, we know all the like slightly worn stuff, but she says like, the vintage market is kind of disappearing. And I don't know if people Mm. are buying it up and just having it in archive houses or like, where is it all going? And I remember I did a big sale recently and my friend's like, hold on to your real vintage vintage because it's going to be gone. I was like, oh, you're crazy. And then Lou (laughs) said that. And I was like, well, if she says that, part two of this question is, how does one become a buyer for Lou? Because I feel like that would be a really coveted job. (laughs) Truly. Three things. The first one is I... This true story asked Chloe several times during prep, where else can I look for this vintage? And she gave me names of several people to go see, which was great. And second is the, I'm known to be a bit exhaust, 
active in my fittings, uh, especially for the weaker actors who don't like fittings. But my motto is like, I don't want to put anyone on screen if they don't feel good in it and it doesn't look good and it's going to reflect on them once we air. So I am very meticulous and I apologize to anybody I've tortured in fittings for that reason. The other one is a shopper for me. I'm sure it's completely exhausting as well because I'm very picky. And I imagine you can't reveal your vintage sources because that would be giving you. Oh, no, that's right. Let me circle back to that. A lot of museums are scooping up the oh, real interesting. designers. Oh, okay, okay, you know, okay. Like, that makes especially sense. Especially like the Adolfo twin sets, you know, like in vintage, you might find a jacket, but you won't find the skirt. But huh. so a lot of those ensembles are being scooped up. The Mamboche, or some say Mambocher, some say Mamboche. So um, CZ was personal friends with Mamboche, and he didn't make a lot of personal custom dresses for people, but she, he did for CZ and she wore a lot of it. We couldn't find a single mambo shade. We found oh, one Oh, interesting. Coat. So you had to recreate, like, how much, Lou, of what the Swans wore in the show was vintage and how much was recreation? Well, I wanted it to be like 90% yeah. vintage because I don't like the look of a made-to-order show. You can always tell because the fabrics aren't what they used to be. And especially for TV, the the pace, you have like four days to prep. So for a tailor to hand make something and make it look not homemade, it's like it's a lot of pressure. I'd say we made about forty percent and sixty percent was real. I wanted a lot more, but for Chloe, we got we got lucky. Uh, we found beautiful um, like uh, Celine sets and a couple Hermes shirt dresses. And for CZ was more in real life um, practical mm-hmm. and not frilly. Um, she was a known equestrian and she loved her garden. So we tried to, if I can speak for Chloe and I, we tried to keep that realness, but with style because she was also known for her style. So that was the clothes for CZ were actually almost all the original. We made a couple of pieces, her blue Thanksgiving um, caftan, but we were able, we got lucky. These aspects of CD's personality, I think the writers really leaned into to to differentiate her from the other swans that, you know, she was getting her hands dirty and gardening and she was working and she's the more sympathetic of the swans. And of course, he didn't throw her under the bus in the Cote Basque. So she didn't have reason to really have a feud with him. And just for people who don't know, just interrupt you, Chloe, uh, the Code Basque was the name of the essay that Truman published in um, Esquire about the swans. That was the big scandal. And then the unfinished novel was then called Answer Prayers. But I do feel like people assume that the essay was also called, uh, that the piece was called Answer Prayers. There's a lot of titles to keep track of, let's be honest. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and then there's a podium, the women that yes. we, you know, heavily referenced. And um, But I do also want people to know that, you know, we are kind of focusing more on the later years. So like there are these amazing photos of like CZ and Truman on the dance floor at at um, Studio 54, but it's yeah. not like the CZ of the 40s. It's not right. slim, sexy. It's like her in like a dowdy skirt and like a sweater set. And is that fair to say? Yeah. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love and want are checked by experts, not just any experts. They're real people who really love these things. And they have real hands-on authentication experience. 
So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, you can shop with confidence, knowing every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified real and authentic. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, slip on that watch, light up in gold, swing that handbag or step out in that streetwear, you'll get that authentic glow. With eBay authenticity guarantee, that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Chloe, do you have a group of New York City friends that are like your swans? Like who do you, what's your coat basque and who's who's there? Yeah, I have like a group of girlfriends and I had a three-year-old son now, but pre him, there was like a lot of like, I would host a lot of like girls only dinners, which I really liked. And maybe a couple gays, which is very much... <laughs> The wheelhouse. Yeah. The pony versus the swans. (laughs) I mean, I I heard that, um, didn't CZ also design sweaters? Are there any of those in the the ether? We never found any of her designs, sadly. You know, actually, Chloe turned me on to the gentleman um, in the East Village who did have one piece, original CZ, but it was damaged and... Not what we were looking for. I am new to the swans. I am this 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 show has completely got me obsessed with the swans. And obviously, working at Vogue, I, I don't know how I didn't fall down this rabbit hole of amazing Truly socialites. <laughs> I know somehow, like, <laughs> but um, obviously, you see that Slim Aaron's photography. There's an archive of their looks, but did any of them conserve their actual the archive of their clothes? Because I mean, I mean, I imagine. And pull like a Kim K with the Maryland dress. They wore yeah. that. <laughs> I think CZ donated some to the Metropolitan, didn't she? Yeah, the Met right. has a whole selection. We were able to, um, one of our archivists went to the Met and took pictures. There's a lot of um, CZs, but it's mostly gowns. And then Babe Paley and Lee Radswell, their stuff is also there. But we never were we never were able to reach out to any family members, so I don't know. I think that was the trick with, Chloe and I with CZ at this time period is a, a lot of the photos were of her younger and always dressed up like mm. a ball or it was all gowns. It was hard to find good everyday stuff. What you could find would be her in a sweatshirt in the garden. And then uh, Choma was actually in attendance at your sale last year. And I was. Oh. I was. Uh, I love hearing about everyone who got pieces from that. Like, did you know that Olivia Rodrigo <laughs> wore, got a dress and was wearing it? I found that extremely charming in her Vogue profile. That's great. <laughs> I saw Aww. that in Vogue. I mean, I don't think she was actually <laughs> in the room. I wonder if she had a friend that was there buying. But there's been so many instances. Like, I was at the CFDAs and this girl came up to me and she was wearing one of my old Dolce & Gabbana dresses. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was Amazing. at like a dinner for Bottega Veneta and there was some girl from New York magazine taking photos and she was wearing my own, my old like Phoebe for Celine shoes. And then I ran to like Tommy Dorfman somewhere and they were wearing like old Chanel bag and just like I keep having these. Oh, oh when God. I was at the Morrissey concert a few <laughs> weeks ago and there was a kid wearing this old like black denim Morris, a coat that I had sewn, hand sewn, like a Morrissey t-shirt on the back. Oh my you know, God. And, like, wow. and, and he was wearing it. We like took a picture together and my friends were like, 
why the hell did you sell that thing? <laughs> okay, but so that's my question because I have this problem where I give things away to my friends and then I see them wearing it and I'm like the evil stepsisters in Cinderella and I'm like, I want that back once I see someone else right. in it. Has that happened to you when you see your like Dolce and, and real situ? No, because I'd had it for so many years. Like I feel like I've always just been so into, you know, reduce, reuse, recycle. So like it's been a constant kind of evolution my closet and my storage. But funny enough, when Lou was mentioning how mostly they've saved gowns, that's kind of mostly what I've saved too. Like things I wore to different events or premieres. And like, for some reason, we hold on to the gowns thinking that's what's going to be like, <laughs> you know, desirable. But you're like, people really want the, like, the jeans and t-shirts. So like, you should hold on to those too. Do those, how do you store those? Are they just like in your closet or are they in a different place in your basement? I don't know. Well, I started working with the digital archivist in Los mm. Angeles. She has a lot of big clients, some of who you're not allowed to mention, but she also works with Tom Ford. And so I was like, if I keep holding on to all of these things, I may as well store them properly. Yeah. And she has a whole facility in California. And then if I need something like Lueve, Jonathan had made me want one of my three wedding outfits. Yes, I had three. Oh, and, um, and then they invited me to show in Paris. I was like, well, the atelier put so much work into this dress. Wouldn't it be fun to wear it to the party in Paris? So, you know, she shipped it to Smart. me and I wore it there and then I shipped it back. So that's kind of an extravagance, but I'm thinking like one day, perhaps, you know, it'll go for charity. Then I can also back pay the... <laughs> In the practical sense. I'll say one thing real quick about Chloe's closet is I worked with her for seven months, six, seven months straight. Never saw you wear the same thing twice. (laughs) (laughs) Are there anything from the swans that you've taken from this series since both of you, Lou and um, Chloe? Are there things like style signatures or ways of being or habits that you feel like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to resurrect that. I feel like I was shaken when Babe was like, never a white tablecloth. I mean, there were so many rules for how to live that came out in that (laughs) show. For me, it inspired me to get out of my baggy clothes as much and and not just so much like a boy all the time. It got me feeling like a little more ladylike. Mm. That's it for me. I think there's also like my mother was very, you know, having me reference like Emily Post to write all my thank you notes. And she really Mm -hmm. tried to instill like a lot of, I think the things that the swans found important in life. And I think a lot of people poo poo manners and formality is as like a class thing, but I think it also just helps everyone function better. And like, I think that like instilling that in my son, I feel like, I feel like now I really is important to me and table manners and and things that just like make you a more pleasant person. Uh, I want to know what life was like on set. Yeah, we were still kind of in the throes of COVID. A couple of the swans actually fell ill during the shoot. So there wasn't a lot of you know, offset, <laughs> Sorry, offset socializing. Yeah, it was still it was still a mask situation. Okay. Because when did you film? Uh, it was over a year ago. Uh, last we started uh, October, November, December, January, February, and then at the end at wrap we did have like Tom, who plays Capote, organized a big dinner and and with all the with all the swans, and that was really fun to be able to let loose. You know, where was that dinner? Damned. I think it was at Via Carata because he had been eating there a lot because he was like staying at a friend's house around the corner. But I will say the mood was pretty light. I mean. It was, everybody was happy to be working. We were like happy to be around one another. And 
I was the most surprised by Naomi's sense of humor. She's mm. very witting, very witty, and kind of the lightest of everyone. And she, she kept buoying the whole, you know, ensemble. I mean, there are so many epic fashion scenes, but I guess the the ball, the black and white ball, which I did know about before. <laughs> I watched the swans. Uh, I, I heard that uh, Zach Posen designed all the dresses. He designed the eight dresses for the swans, yes. What was that process like? It seems like he's the perfect designer for that. It was perfect. He was perfect for that. And um, he personally knew a lot of the swans already, the actresses already, and had worked with them. So it was comfortable, I think. And um, when Ryan and I met with Zach about it, he it, it is his wheelhouse and and fashion design is far from my wheelhouse. So it was very a fun process for me. I was fascinated watching him from sketch to the first fitting. And so they were all based on the designs that really loosely specifically based, based or loosely, loosely. L, um, Ryan was very hands-on with this one, with every single dress. He worked closely with Zach on it and wanted it elevated and a little fan- more fantastical than what they really wore. And last question, because I'm just so fascinated by all the the details that go into the the costume design and making it seem realistic. I know that Truman Capote was quite petite. How did you make Tom appear to be shorter, or did you have to sort of bump up the height for some of the other, for some of the swans? What were some tricks that you had to use, Lou, to— Good question. Uh, Capote was 5'3". Oh wow. Tom wow. like me. Tom was <laughs> five, 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 five and a half. Oh, okay. So we made sure to keep him in nothing taller than like a little loafer. We did do tricks like when Chloe had to walk alongside Capote on the street going to the hat store. We cheated and put her in a nice like a four inch um loafer style. I think it was Celine or Chloe, and and it still had the toe of a 70s shoe, but it really gave her a lift, so she did tower Mm. above him. We did that with all of them. It was was tricky. I bet. I will say Truman's costumes, oddly enough, are like some of my favorite from the show. I mean, he, you know, was really embracing kind of flamboyance, and he had so much fun with clothing and dressing, and I think people are going to be really entertained by, like, the, some of the looks that Lou got to recreate for him, and and just the way Tom owns the character, wears the clothes, and um, it's just so much fun. That's it for today's episode. We'll see you next week. See you next week. The Run for Revoke is a production of Condé Nast Entertainment. The show is produced by Susie Lechtenberg, Chelsea Daniel, and Alex John Burns. It's engineered by Jake Loomis and Gabe Kiroga and mixed by Mike Kutchman. See you soon. Bye. <laughs>